1: When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's s y l v a n twenty nine dot com.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody. December 30th, 2022, and it is indeed a heck of a morning live on the MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces. You can hear the show shortly after on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a final, a great final week of 2022. I can't believe 2023 is knocking. We're knocking on the door. We're right there. And... And the MMA world is going to be capped off by the Bellator versus Ryzen card, which goes down a little less than 12 hours from right now. By the time this time rolls tomorrow, it'll probably be over live, but you guys in the U.S. can watch it at 8 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. Or you can join me here tomorrow around 5 a.m. and we can watch it together or I can watch it and tell you what's happening. I think that's what we're going to do. Myself and Damon Martin will be covering the card for MMAfighting.com. And on this show, right now, we could potentially have some breaking news for you. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Waiting to get some final confirmation on something. And if we get it, I will break it right here on the program. And if it comes to fruition, I think you guys are going to like this. of news that i'm going to drop on you so uh no time to waste it is a free for all friday the final free for all friday of 2022 on the final heck of a morning of 2022 before we go to the calls a lot of great feedback uh from the btl festivus episode that myself and Jed michu did it was a promotional festivus where we gave each promotion a grade The, the the four majors in most people's eyes the ufc bellator PFL uh, and one championship. And it was a lot of fun. It's never, I mean, it's, it's fun to a point, but it's always tough to do those shows because you're not going to make everybody happy. And it is what it is. You say some nice things, but then you have to be brutally honest a little bit. And um, I never feel good after all those shows, but I felt like it was a good listen. The feedback was great. People had to say, people had good things to say about it. So um, Jed and I just kind of hit record and get after these things. And those shows are always fun, but excited to get back to normal BTL and normal stuff next week on the program on all of our programs here for MA fighting, but let's do this free for all Friday. Uh, Tristan, I believe was first in line. So we will kick off with him. Tristan. Hello. Hey Mike.
3: Uh, How's everything going?
2: Good man. How are you?
3: Um, So the question I have um, it was reported, obviously, also on your um, website, that um, Tatiana Suarez will be making a return in February. Um, who, now, obviously, we still don't know who the opponent would be. Um, the only two opponents I could think of, because she'll be making her return at flyweight, would make sense, would be her facing Casey O'Neill. Cause I think Casey O'Neill has probably might've recovered from her ACL injury and she's ready to get back in there to fight at Perth or the other option would be Antonina Shevchenko. Cause it looks like she's ready to return as well. So what, um, who do you think, or what would, I mean, not who do you think, what do you think would be ideal for her in our first fight back after a four years layoff? Thanks Mike.
2: It's a good question. It is a question that I get a lot. Uh, I, I have no idea who she's fighting. I have no idea who she's fighting. I have a lot of people. I mean, so I get, I was talking to somebody about this earlier today or earlier this week. I get more questions about Tatiana Suarez than John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. It's crazy. But I, I honestly don't, I have no clue. I have no clue who she's fighting. She's a, she's a, she's a mystery. That's for sure. I I don't think they'll do Casey O'Neill. I get why you say why you say that, because you could do it on Perth or whatever. I just I don't like that at all. I think you have something with Casey O'Neill. I think she got a ton of momentum before she got hurt. And I think throwing her in there with Tatiana Suarez is just you I don't like it. I mean if she wins, she gets a, a great rub, but at the same token, Tatiana Suarez has been out for four years. That, that's, she hasn't fought since the pandemic started. So a lot of the newer fans have no clue who Tatiana Suarez even is. So I, I don't know if that's the right one. Maybe you do like a Jennifer Maya. I think that's like a pretty good matchup for her. I think it's one that Tatiana can kind of shine in. Maybe do like a Cynthia Calvillo, somebody like that. I, I don't know. I'm try, like I'm looking at the rankings right now. It won't be Fioro. Santos is booked against Blanchfield. Maybe Chikagian? That wouldn't be a bad one. Because as you, if you watch the Man of Fioro fight, I think you know that the Suarez fight would probably be a tough hang for Caitlin. Murphy's booked. Grasso won't be her. Andrade's booked, Araujo's booked, Lee's booked, Blanchfield's booked. Yeah, I, I, Maya or Calvillo would be my would be my picks. But I honestly have no idea. It's gonna be one of those things. The UFC's just gonna like blanket announce, and we're gonna be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Double A, and then Tokyo on deck, my man. Hello. Good, how are you?
4: Uh, let's see. Um, the Bellator versus Ryzen event. Who do you think is most likely to get a clean sweep out of the two promotions, either Bellator versus Ryzen? And uh, thoughts on the Sarah McMahon signing with Bellator?
2: Um, everyone have a... Oh, Sorry. I'm sure you're saying have a good day. You stopped talking, so I figured you were done. Um, But AA is always wishing all of you a a wonderful day because that's just the kind of guy he is. Let me see. I'm trying to find the betting lines for this card, and I cannot find them for some reason. Let me find them. I would – that's a great question. I mean, I'll start with um, – I'll start with the Sarah McMahon question. Great. there's was great, great signing. Great signing. Sarah was – Sarah's probably. I, I just don't. I, I don't know how much more she could have done in the UFC, and I feel like Bellator is a really good spot for her because her versus Chris Cyborg is a pretty intriguing matchup. But the problem, like the problem, is like that's just that the division, the division just it doesn't exist at one forty five. And and I know that Liz Carmouche has been saying let's do a one thirty five pound division. She's she's kind of going after that. So maybe that's like something to possibly boost that, but yeah, I like this idea. You can throw in there with Cyborg. You can do a 135 pound division and includes Sarah in there. Sarah's still got some legs to her. She still got some gas left in the tank, even though she's a little bit up there in age, she's still winning fights, uh, still a great athlete. Good signing, good signing. People know who she is and that's always good. And any chance you could have, to boost your roster with somebody that fans know who you are, it's a very good thing. As far as the Bellator versus the Rising card, who has the best chance of a sweep? It's probably Bellator. Probably Bellator. Because the first fight, the Rabadonov-Takeda fight, I think Rabadonov's going to win that fight. So right there, you've got, you're got you kind of off to the races. I love the warnock chuleta Suchil kim fight. That's just going to be mayhem. There's no real technical breakdown to that fight. Those two are just going to get after it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Horiguchi is going to win against Hiramosa. Or Hiramosa, excuse me. I, I just think that's a really good stylistic matchup for him. Uh, Patricio Pipple is interesting, but I think Patricio wins that one. And the main events, it's the correct answer is Bellator. I just don't see Ryzen. I think Ryzen is going to be down... 0 1 right up, right out the gate. I think Archulet ends up winning his fight. Horiguchi's going to win his. So it could at worst. I think after the Horaguchi fight, it's going to be 2 1 Bellator. I think Patricio's, a, I think Patricio is probably going to win the co main. The main event's kind of tough to call, but I think AJ can win it if he just fights smart. I'm not saying he has to fight boring, although that's probably his best chance to win. I just think he has to somehow, he has to do, he has to be like Justin Gaethje was after Gaethje lost two in a row. And what I mean by that is like Gaethje was just all out chaos for the Michael Johnson fight. And then the two losses that he had to Poirier and Eddie Alvarez. And then he's still kind of chaotic, but he was able to control a little bit more when he went on that win streak and got the title fights and all. If McKee can t- kind of take that chaos and just box up some of it and just use it in a calculated way, I think he beats Satoshi. But if he gets all reckless out there, I could see a world where Satoshi finishes him, taps him. You can't mess around with that guy. You definitely cannot mess around with Roberto D'Souza. So, yeah, I'll say Bellator. I feel pretty confident in saying Bellator for calling sweet for sweet, but. It should be fun. Like the fights, the fights should be like fun and chaotic and interesting. But I just feel like Bellator's lineup is is better. I just think they're better. Not not dogging on the the Ryzen lineup at all, but but I think Archuleta Sue Kim is probably going to be the best fight on the on the whole slate. Let's go to Toke. Hi Toke. I wanted
4: to come on here and uh, bring some holiday cheer with some um, some nice, you know, quaint question. And then my Instagram algorithm chose to show me uh, the weigh-ins of the Cage Warriors card that's, uh, I guess, tonight? I Yeah, I think it's tonight, yeah. Um, and I then saw Wilson Hayes, Fighting at 145 against some guy called Thomas Cronwall. So, when does the and the question here is this is more of a rant than anything. When does the elderly abuse stop? He has not been himself for years, literal years, and now we have to bring him in to make give. Thomas while a win? He, Wilson Hayes, I know he has some wins on the regional circuit, which happens, but he also has a loss against a journeyman in the, where he lost in 14 seconds of the first round against, again, a journeyman. What is he doing, firstly, at all fighting? Secondly, at featherweight? In Britain, of all places, like I know that you want to get a name that that's known on the poster. I guess that's the kind of person you are, Graham Boylan. I'm not gonna. And he has. He also has um, the tough guy. Uh, oh, I forget Jesse. Jesse Davis. I don't know. I don't remember his exact name. Uh, Jesse Taylor. Sorry, Jesse Taylor. There it is. Um, Jesse Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. This is just. Okay, this card is just built up to, you know, it's UK against USA. That in concept, or Americas, is in concept a fine idea, but they're only doing it to prop up the UK. That's the only reason they're doing it. They're bringing in old guys that are done, and I'm sick of it, and it's too transparent. Like, get someone that isn't that transparent. So I'm sorry that I couldn't bring the holiday cheer, but I hope you could uh, elaborate a bit on uh, the Cage Warriors cards here.
2: Thank you, Mike. I'm looking at the betting lines right now. Uh, I don't know much about the Cage Warriors cards. There are certain ones that I watch, most of them I don't, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. And it's not because, you know, it's for no reason. I just, there's just so much MMA, man. I can't watch them all. Like, obviously, Modestus Pekoskis is on this card. I believe it's a title fight. Let's see. What are the betting... Wilson Hayes and Thomas Granval is... Uh, it's like a pickem. Granval is minus 115. Wilson Hayes is, is minus 105. So, the betting community, it's it's basically a 50-50 fight. And I'm looking at the rest of them. Most of them are kind of pickems. Uh, There's a couple that are wide lines. Chasen Blair, Helio Hernandez. Blair's a minus 300. Nathan Fletcher, Alessandro Giordano. Fletcher's a minus 500. Samuel Bark, Orlando wilson Prinz, Bark, minus 500. Omiel Brown, Junior Ogulio, minus 410 for Brown. Jesse Taylor's the biggest dog on the card, plus 450 against Christian Duncan, minus 600. I don't know, man. Like... I don't know why Wilson Hayes is still fighting. I mean, apparently he's, feels like he's still got something. Let's see. What is he two and two since he left the UFC? Yeah, got a submission win, then he got knocked down 16 seconds, lost a decision to Taylor Lapolis. and then got a win in his uh in, in Cage Warriors in March. So I mean, you know, maybe it's change, maybe a change of scenery to to the Cage Warriors atmosphere is 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 going to do well for, wonders for him. I don't know. I don't know much about Thomas Granval, honestly. Three wins in a row. I'm pulling him up. Decision, decision, decision. He's not really a huge finisher. So, yeah, I, I mean... As long as he's not out there just getting bolted every time he fights, I'm all right with it. He's coming off a win, a decision loss. He did get bolted in 16 seconds. But then he got a finish in, against an 11-1 guy prior to that. So... Yeah, I get where you're coming from, but if he still feels like, how old is he now? He's 37. He'll be 38 next week, I think. I'd say the, the leash has to be short here for, for certain, but I get where you're coming from. I, I get the concern. I get the concern.
1: and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
2: Let's go to Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Mike, heck of a morning. You too, Mike. All right, so obviously my hot take yesterday on Bellator being a clear-cut number two was a little misconstrued here. Um, I meant talent-wise, clearly, you know, Obviously, Showtime. They freaking stink. I don't know almost any of my MMA friends who watch a single Bellator card other than to watch our buddy who's on a YouTube version of it. Um, Otherwise, I just wanted to get a feel for how you thought the weigh-ins went for Bellator versus Ryzen this morning. It felt like Bellator felt like Ryzen's little brother even out in Japan, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's a different situation for the Bellator guys to go over to Ryzen. Um, it's a whole different type of way in structure. I would assume a lot of the Ryzen guys would, if they came over here and, and just did like a normal Bellator ceremonial way in, it wouldn't be the same, they, it would just feel different. and it, it was fun. Like, it, it was it was fun. There was some theatrics to it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's kind of what I expected it to be. And I get where you come from. And Maybe I was a little... A little too... I would say... I don't think Bellator is, like, a clear-cut number two. Like, I think they're, they're number two. It's probably a little clearer than I gave it credit for yesterday. But I just think... I just think the PFL just came out with so much momentum. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm not really sure. But the roster for Bellator is, is way better for Bellator. 100%. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, if we're talking roster and things like that, Bellator just needs to do like the area, like the area of grievances yesterday, like some people are like, oh, you're just you guys are rough on Bellator. I don't think we were that rough on Bellator, honestly. Like, I've been very clear on this show and others. I want Bellator to do well. Like, I root for them to do well because I know they can do well. They have the bones to do well. They have a solid roster. They they got the, the, the bones. It's there. They just need, like, I don't know what it is. They need, like, a fresh coat of paint. They need, and it's tough. Like, you even mentioned the Showtime thing. The Showtime thing, right? We want them to leave Showtime. I'm not saying, like, leave the whole platform, right? What I'm saying is you are under an umbrella with multiple networks, and multiple streaming platforms. So just take them off Showtime and put them on Paramount Plus. Like just put all of those cards on Paramount Plus. I guarantee you you will get more viewership if you just put them on Paramount Plus. Now, I know in my household because and I don't know if the deal is still there, but I got a I had Showtime for a while just by itself so I could watch Bellator. But what they did was there was a deal where you could get Paramount Plus and Showtime combined under like one umbrella for like three dollars cheaper than just getting Showtime. So you can go to Paramount Plus and you can find Bellator and watch it live. It's not, ter- it's not like super easy to find. Like for what, like if you watch one championship on, on Amazon Prime, the day of that card, if you go on Amazon Prime the first thing you see is watch one championship right now, right here. It's like right at the top. You have to look for Bellator. But if you just put it on Paramount+, Plus, like I just think it's more easily accessible. You know what I mean? I, I just, it, it's 2022. It's about to be 2023. I just think that's, that's the way to go. I, the CBS thing I think is fantastic. And they have to take advantage of that a little bit more three to four shows a year on CBS, but also simulcast on Paramount Plus, and then every other card should be on Paramount Plus. I think their viewership will rise. I think it'll be much easier. Now, I get it. The one issue with that is, well, now you're asking them to change television platforms and change the accessibility of the product in the in North America, most notably in the United States, for like the third or fourth time in like a five-year stretch. And I get where you're coming from, but... It's just tough, man. Like Showtime's just a tough place, and they have a lot of stuff they need to work on. Like they have, they have good, they have a good roster. There's a lot I like about them, but there's a lot that needs to be changed. Like it's just kind of watered down, like the production of it all. I actually thought, and I'll just cut going into some of the stuff. I thought John McCarthy, who I was pretty hard on at, in the Festivus episode a year ago. I think John had a really good year. I, I know John's comment, color commentary is not for everybody. I enjoyed listening to Big John this year. I thought he was great. I thought he did a really good job. I think his post-fight interviews are better. I love the Danny Sabatello one where he was counting the F words. Like, John is, John is coming into his own. And I think Bellator did listen to me on one thing because the, the issue I had with John was not his work, but I just felt like Bellator likes him and Josh Thompson so much that they feel like those two guys can just carry everything. Like they had John doing all the voiceovers. They had John going on location for a lot of the like countdown shows that they were doing. Like, no, don't do that. Like put John in a position where he could do what he does best, which is talk about rules and talk about fighting and talking about what's actually happening in the fights. And that's where he shines. And we got to see a lot of that this year. And again, I know John's not for everybody. I thought he was great. I thought he worked great with Grandy. I thought he worked great with Morrow. I thought he worked great with whoever he was doing the calls with throughout the year. And I thought the post-fight stuff was great too. I actually thought my old pal Josh Thompson was a little bit better this year as well. And I give a lot of credit for that to Amanda Guerra. I think she is a gem for them. And I give I I have so much respect for her because she came from you know I know she does a lot of different sports, she's on CBS sports, she does a lot of desk shows. But to thrust her into MMA just like out of nowhere and to see how well she's done with it, it's just it's just so cool. Cause she's loose as a goose. And you can tell like Josh loosens up and he's a little more fun, a little more vibrant when he's with her. And how could you not be? She's such a pro and she just seems like she's in a good mood and she gets it. She's realistic about it. She doesn't try to do too much. She lets Josh sort of handle the stuff that she can't. It's She's so good. She's so good. Like they did things better in 2022. they did in 2021 100 but they just got to do more they have to promote better they have to let people know these cards are happening more these are things they can do like all these things are fixable like i think if bellator can fix their issues then this is a not this is not a conversation it's not a conversation they are better than pfl they are better than one championship but it's just these and and all these things are fixable these aren't impossible things Like the UFC's biggest problem is that there's two issues with the UFC. One, they need to actually care more because it just seems like they don't care anymore. They're just like, we're getting this big bag of money every single Saturday. We don't need to do anything more. And they have earned that right. They have worked their asses off to get there. But you got to show us something. You got to show us that you care. And two, you got to pay the fighters more. It's a domino effect. It's a domino effect. And I know there's a lot of talk about the Ali Act possibly coming back. And I know there are some people out there that are like, well, why is no one in the MMA media talking about the Ali Act? Trust me when I tell you, we want – when something actually happens, we will talk about it. But how many times have we been in this situation? Well, here comes the Ali Act potentially back on the table again, and then we have to wait months and months and months and months and months until something happens. And then they present it and put it on the table – Then it's like another months and months and months and months and months and months until something potentially happens. Then it gets shelved and we don't talk about it for two more years. Like, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. When something actually happens, when that actually gets presented to Congress and is actually discussed and is actually on the table, we will talk about it. But you know what? If the UFC just pays their fighters more, if they just up the percentage – We may not even need the Ali Act because it's a domino effect that goes down on everybody else. I don't know. But I I really want Bellator to do well, the the long and the short of it. I really do. I love the people that work there for the most part. Um, Just be more engaged. Make the product easier to find. Promote the hell out of it. Keep doing cool stuff. like They've been doing cool stuff at the end of the year. I love the Liver King, Paul Costa, Patricky Pitbull liver-eating contest. Like, that's a good thing to do. You get the Dust Commander in there doing some stuff. Like, they're trying. This Bri- Bellator vs. I thing is pretty cool. You got to figure out a way, and I know this isn't Bellator's fault, but you got to figure out a way if you're going to keep doing this for the United States fans to be able to watch it freaking live. Because it's silly. It's silly that they can't watch it live. It's crazy. But, yeah, I went on a rant there. Probably didn't mean to, but it is what it is. Uh, let's go to Joe. Hi, Joe.
0: Hey, Mike. Question What's for up, man? you.
5: Who do you think yes. is going to
4: win a title first, Chemaev or Taboria?
2: Ooh. Ooh. Boy, oh, boy, that's a great question. Man, it's just, it's, it's a matter of like who gets there first. I'll say, Sh- I mean, I'll say Shamayev. It's a great question though. I'll say Shamayev. But. I'll say Shamayev. I just don't know which, which title it's going to be. Because I think if if he's going to fight at 170 again, and they're going to give him that shot, he's got to get a big fight next. Um, They're either going to give him Colby, or they'll do Bilal Muhammad or something like that. And if he wins that, he's getting a title fight next, no matter what. If he fights at 185, he's probably going to have to fight Acosta, maybe a Whitaker, Something like that. And if he wins either of those fights, he's getting a shot at the 185-pound title. So it's just a matter of when he can get back and at what weight class and what's going on with the rest of the division. Because what if if he does 170 and if, let's just say, Usman wins like a unanimous decision, you think they try to run him and Edwards back again? I don't know. If it's like a close fight, do they try to run that one, back one more time? Does it hold that division up? What if Adesanya beats Pereira a second time? you know they're going to go back and do it a third time so in taporia it's it all kind of depends on what's next for him and if you pick two really tough divisions because we don't know what's going on with Volkanovski at 145 he's about to fight own Makachev. i've been saying since day 1 if Volkanovski wins the title and beats Makachev, there is no conceivable reason why he would stay at 145. It makes no sense. It would literally make no sense for him to stay at 145 because yeah, he he gets instantly boosted up in the star status, but the biggest fights he can get for the biggest amounts of money are at 155. They're not at 145. If he beats Makachev, he's eliminated probably his toughest fight. And then he can just go and get a bunch of bags by fighting Poirier and Connor and Chandler and Gaethje and guys like that. Like those are much bigger fights than Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez and Arnold Allen and Ilya Taporia. So I think for Taporia's sake, the quickest path to a title for him is if Volkanovsky beats Islam Makachev because then the Josh Emmett, Yair Rodriguez fight is for the actual belt. And then if they book Taporia versus Arnold Allen, which I think is the fight they should make, and he wins that fight, then he gets the next shot. So, great question. I just, I feel like if Shamayev gets there soon, and no matter who he fights, he's going. He's probably going to win. It's just a matter of when, not if. Taporia is more of an if than a when. Because I know Taporia is going to fight for the belt. If he win, I don't know if right now he, like if he fights Volkanovski right now, I'm not picking him to be Volkanovski. If he fights Josh Emmett right now, I might pick him to be Josh Emmett. If he fights Yair, I might pick him to be Yair. Fights Arnold Allen, boy, that's a close fight. But Shamayev, I have a hard time picking against him against literally anybody right now. So, yeah, I'll go with Hamza. but timing is going to be everything here. Uh, let's go to Ani, then we'll go to Max, and then we'll get uh, aggro and, and Double K in here.
5: Ani, hello. Hello. So, my uh, two things. So, yesterday I was just... Uh, scrolling on Twitter and I see this image of Kamaru Usman. Uh, he was addressing the crowd in his hometown, I believe, after some local fight show and he was wearing something on his wrist, something like a cast, as if he's still nursing his hand. Um, do you know anything about, you know, Usman versus Edwards three? So Ion Edwards should be on Uh, the London pay-per-view. But do you think it's still against Usman if it seems that he is a bit injured? Uh, That was one thing. And the second thing, um, uh, in the past year, which commentary lineup do you think was the best? As in, I personally, for me, I don't know, I'm not digging the Joe Rogan And Daniel Cormier commentary a lot and I'm I'm not saying that they're biased or something it just uh, I just don't know I don't like uh, that commentary for some reason I mean it's good but it's not my cup of tea I actually enjoy a bit of Dominic Cruz Michael Bisping and uh, Paul Felder so I like John Anik as well so anything with Dominic Cruz and Michael Bisping that works for me So what is your choice? Who do you think has the best uh, commentary lineup in in the UFC, of course, um, that I'm asking? Yes, that's all I had for today. Uh, And happy New Year in advance.
2: Thanks, man. Well, Anik is definitely going to be up there for me. Uh, I think he's – I mean, some people – it's kind of a controversial take on my end, but I think John Anik is one of the five best – play-by-play guys in all of sports, not just MMA. He's, he might even be top three. Because I think it, what makes John so special is, that, like, if John Anik was calling, let's just say John Anik's in Perth calling UFC 284, right? And then they call, like, this doesn't make sense. This would never happen, but let's just say that. Let's just say John Anik's calling UFC 284 in Perth, and he's calling the main event. And he gets a text message from his agent saying, hey, uh, whoever it is just fell out of calling the Super Bowl. Could you fly in after that event and call the Super Bowl tomorrow? And it could be like, OK. And he would go in there and just kill it. That's what makes him so special. Some of the other broadcasters can't do that. Like John Anna could go and call a hockey game tomorrow and be fine. He can go call an NBA game tomorrow and be fine. That's just who he is. So, Anik would definitely have to be the guy. I think he's great. I, li- I, I really like Paul Felder a lot. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. I think he's great. I think his post-fight interviews are, spectac- are, are fantastic. So, I'd probably throw him there as well. Felder and Cruz have like a good chemistry. But I, I'm going to cheat a little bit and go a little bit off the, off the radar a little bit. I would love to see a UFC card with Anik, Felder, and Laura Sanko as the third. That's what I would like to see. I think Sanko, I, I'm hoping 2023 is the year Sanko gets a shot uh, on a fight night or something like that. I think it's, I, I just want to see, like her and Felder do, like they mesh really well in the contender series. So I'd like to see that combination together again when Sanko does make her debut on television for the UFC. Uh, so I think her and Felder, like, I think there's a comfort level there. And then Annix just such a pro. He'll guide both of them in, in, in the right direction. So um, if, if I had to pick one pair, like one trio for a card that is just fun and different and I think would go over really well, it's that one. Um some people don't like Cruz's commentary. I like it. Bisbing has his days, his good and his bad. DC's hit or miss. But I, like when DC's really good, he's good. Like, he's really good. Uh, I thought 281? I thought 281 was great. I thought Anik, Rogan, DC... I thought they were on fire at 281. I thought they, they meshed really well together. Uh, and, and knowing that Anik was, like, super-duper sick the whole time just makes it even more impressive. But, yeah. It, they got a good crew. I'd like to see them mix in some other names, too. Even, like, not even on the commentary, but just, like, on the desk. Like, I was saying that Chris Barnett should be on every single broadcast. Like, if he's not on the desk, like, Chris Barnett should be coming out Doing a dance before the main card and, like, introducing the event on television. Then they hit the promo. Oh, here comes Huggy Bear. Here comes Chris Barnett. And he's dancing to the cage. He gets in the cage. He says, hey, welcome to UFC Orlando. Woohoo! Gets everybody fired up. He does a freaking bat. Does a somersault. Then they cut to the promo. People are all fired up. In the arena, out of the arena. Let's just have some fun, shall we? Let's do some fun stuff.
6: Let's go to Max. Hello, Mike. What's up, Max? Back of a morning to you. You Yes, I'm uh, still under the weather, unfortunately. So, unfortunately, not doing too well here. But I'm uh, very happy to be on the show. So, I a little bright inside my morning a little bit. So, I'd like to dive into 283, if that's all right. Just go straight into the next pay-per-view here. Um, I'd like to ask about two fights in particular. So, bear with me here for a moment. Uh, to Shara versus Hill, I remember last time uh, you had broken down this fight... Uh, I believe it was the round one to share a submission train, which you know, if anyone going to that fight would have easily believed that, given Deary had no submissions and Glover was on a roll. But man, I, I I don't know what it is about this fight. Hill in his in his in his interview with Ariel Hawani was very motivating, very uh, very concise. Uh, I don't know what it is about his um, demeanor right now, but I feel he might just go in there and I don't want to say the word roll, but obviously Glover is such a dog. But I don't know. I feel he might go into Brazil and and take this title. I I haven't heard anyone really saying it, but somewhere in my uh mma uh i don't know instinctual heart i have a feeling that hill might might go in there and and beat him by strikes so yeah i'd be really curious to hear about maybe just a small breakdown of how you think this fight might play out because i'm very curious um also digging deep into this card i'd also like to ask about um tiago moises versus guram guram kutataladze um i have a feeling this fight's gonna be a total banger like sleeper by any means like Moises is so technically sound very uh doesn't throw a lot of strikes in terms of volume but is very particular very um concise in his game of what he wants to do whereas Kuta Taladze is just a hammer's hammer so yeah I'd like you to uh discuss that fight as well because I think that's a very intriguing fight so uh thank you for taking my call this morning Mike heck of a morning to you and uh thanks for always giving us fans the time cheers thanks man
2: yeah I mean look Jamal Hill is a dangerous dangerous guy he hits like a truck. He's really good. But if you can find sort of holes in his game, it's that, it's something that Paul Craig sort of exposed, at UFC 263. And if Paul Craig can expose something like that, Glover Teixeira certainly can. Thiago Santos, even though it's not sort of the same Thiago Santos, Tiago is able to kind of take Jamal Hill down and hold him down a little bit. Wasn't able to do like a ton with it, but if Glover can get, if Glover can get Jamal Hill down, he's not, he's going to be down there for a minute. Like it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough night for him. So yeah. Could Jamal just land a big shot and knock him out? Of course. I mean, he's a dangerous cat and Jamal Hill, in my opinion, has nothing to lose here. This dude has got nothing to lose. Because if he loses this fight, yeah, it stinks. But you get another win or two, Glover ain't going to be the champion forever. I don't think he fights beyond 2023. No matter what happens, Jamal's going to get another shot. Like, there's no doubt about it. So he's going in there with house money. There's pressure, sure. Like, of course he wants to go in there and win the belt because it's a long journey to Brazil. I just think Glover's style is going to be a little too much, man. Like, I I just think it's a really tough fight for Jamal. But I'm not saying he can't win because he's just a powerhouse. So give me Glover to win that fight, probably by submission. It'll be a cool moment. But Jamal could certainly play spoiler. Yeah, the the, the moises kutata fight is great. It's great. I love everything about it. Guram's a dog. Thiago, like you said, technically sound. His defense is frigging awesome. If you're looking for a fight, like, if you're looking for a fight to go back and watch and just, and I know defense doesn't necessarily lead to points or anything like that, but it leads to other things. And I like even to this day, to this day, Alexander Hernandez, like, and and not just say he's not just saying that as like a competitor, he's saying it like, because he truly believes this. Alexander Hernandez still feels he got robbed against Thiago Moises, and like he means it. It's not just like a. Uh, a talk shit kind of thing. Like he truly believes this, but I, I implore you to go back and watch Tiago Moises versus Alexander Hernandez. Cause it's a fun fight. Like it's a really good fight. They get after it a bit, but you really get to learn how good Tiago Moises is by watching that fight. In particular, his defense is so good. He just, he makes you miss man. And even if you hit him, like you barely, you barely graze him. Cause he's just so defensively sound. And he returns with such technique. He's really good and is super underrated. He just runs into some tough, tough guys. Like there are certain guys like he's just needed to be a little more aggressive with. Like he looked good against Yago's Islam Makachev, I mean, come on. That's just a crazy fight. And then the Joel Alvarez fight. Yeah, he got TKO'd. Joel Alvarez was kind of just trucking everybody at that point. And to be fair, Alvarez missed weight for that fight as well. But Tiago's good, man. He's one of the more underrated guys in this division. And Guram, I think he beat Demiriz Magulov in that fight earlier this year. And yeah, I think this guy's a, he's a legit lightweight. He's really good. So love that fight. I hope when they put this card together, it's not like buried on the fight pass prelims or anything like that. It's a doozy. It's a good one. Let's go to aggro. What's up, aggro?
0: You're just muted.
2: Aggro. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Let's go to crypto. Crypto, are you
7: there? Can you? What's up, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good. Yes, so first of all, Mike, uh, I want to thank you and the entire team for all the great work you have been doing this this past year, bringing us a lot of content, and uh, yeah, it's it's truly appreciated. Uh, so a big thank you to you and, and your colleagues. Uh, but Mike, there is one thing we need to we need to bring up from yesterday's show. Uh, BTL. And I just, I just need to ask you, Mike, is Jed Mishu trolling us, giving One Championship the A grade, uh, the best grade possible? Was, was, was that a troll job? Because to me, I mean, I don't know if I see it the same way, but One Championship, in, in essence, they have a CEO that doesn't know how many people are living on planet Earth, uh, claiming billions and billions of people. Well. Actually, Mike, I don't know, maybe we have inhabited other planets that I don't know of, but just the numbers, doesn't, they just don't add up. Uh, secondly, speaking about numbers, uh, looking at their financial statements, I mean, I kind of get like Lehman Brothers vibes, something like that. I mean, it just seems to be very sketchy. And also, uh, I think most, even hardcore MMA fans, if you would ask them, name your top five one championship fights, during the year, excluding, excluding uh, DJ. I think that most people wouldn't even be able to name five fights and explain why they enjoyed them. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just asking you, is, is, is Jed trolling us? Does he really feel that the Amazon deal is, is enough to, to give one championship the, the top grade? Or, yeah, what, what's your take on that? And once again, Mike, thank you and a happy new year in advance. Uh, looking forward to all the great content that I'm sure you will produce during the next year. Thank you.
2: Yeah. So I was, I was stunned by that. And, and Jed did preface it that he said he had one grade that was going to stun a lot of us. And he gave one championship an a for 2022. And I wholeheartedly disagreed. I gave him a D. Um, but the reason why he gave him an A was because of the Amazon, the Amazon prime deal. He said that they, because of that deal, they are set up better than most promotions right now because if you watch a Thursday night football game on the same week as a fight or even before that, you have the Thursday night football commentator saying, hey, check out one championships, one on Prime Video 5. And that's like a a pretty big deal since everybody has freaking Amazon Prime, Uh, especially during the NFL season for Thursday night football. Now they have the ex- exclusivity on that. Uh, so it is a big deal. Like they're positioned great because of this deal. And I agree with everything you say. And I thought everything that led into that, that first prime card with DJ and Marias was a plus a plus they promoted it. They, they, they pushed it everywhere And then you get to the card and it just delivered. Like, it was fun to watch. The production value was excellent. Like, everything about it was great. And then that event ended and it was just like, oh, back to the same old one where we don't tell anybody anything. We don't promote anything. Like, Roberto Soldich is making his debut and a lot of people found out about that on this show the day of the fight. Like, that's foolish. Foolish. And Chatri is like a big reason why, man. Like you just you got to be realistic about stuff. Like you just got to be open and honest. Like this whole we are one a the UFC and us were one a one b. Like just stop with that. Just stop with that. Enough is enough. And like I said on BTL should I, if I'm Chatri and someone asks me about co-promoting a card with Bellator, I'm jumping all over that. Like jump all over that. That's a co-promote, like a lot of people would get behind. I'm not set, like Bellato versus Ryzen is super is super cool, and I'm excited to watch it at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Like I'm jacked up. Like I'm ready to go to bed early and wake up and watch that tomorrow. But like what are do you doing, one? Like you just gotta be realistic about stuff. You're not one B. You're so far behind the UFC. It's not even funny. Like, just stop with that. And they got to boost their roster as well. They made some good signings. The Solti signing was great. Um, DJ was big for them. But they need more. Like Jed Mishu didn't even know that Jared Brooks was their flyweight champion or their strawway champion. Like he had no idea that Jared Brooks won a title for them. And it, like it happened earlier this month. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the A. I get where he's coming from, from a business perspective, but it, they're, they're not an A promotion. They did not have an A year. Bellator had a better year than one, in my opinion. PFL had a better year than one, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, the UFC betting boss. What's up? UFC Betting Boss, are you there? Alright, I hear nothing. Uh, let's go to Pella. Pella, are
3: you there? Um yeah.
5: Um yeah. What's up? I'm fine. How are you? Um I wanna ask, why is Whitaker not still fighting at Pet? And I think Glover is going to win Jemaya because Jemaya doesn't have any stamina, and I think Glover has a lot of IQ. Glover, Glover's IQ is very, very high, and I also think Brandon Moreno is going to win this fight.
3: That's all.
2: Thank you. You think Glover's gonna? You think Glover's gonna win? Yeah, definitely. He has a yeah. good IQ and he has a good experience for sure. Yeah, it's a tough matchup for Jamal. Um, if I'm like I said, if I'm Jamal Hill, this is a house money fight. But you got to spend the time. Just you got to stay on your feet, man. You got to stay on your feet. And by the way, Glover could knock out Jamal Hill too. Like Glover can crack as well. He hurt Yuri Prahashka multiple times in the feed. Um, this just seems like a tailor made fight for Glover, but. Jamal is dangerous, man. When he hits you, you go to sleep. He had some crazy knockouts, some crazy finishes. All that guy needs is one. And I just feel like stylistically, this is Glover's fight to lose. But there's nothing more dangerous than a guy who's just fighting with house money with the stakes very high. And that's what Jamal Hill's doing. But I, it's just everything just seems to line up with Glover, fighting at home. He kind of beat the UFC at their own game to get this opportunity. It all worked out in his favor. Gets a much more compelling matchup, a much more winnable fight than he would have gotten had he fought Jan Bohovic at 282 or fought Nankalaj at 283. Like This just all worked out spectacularly for Glover Teixeira, and let's just see if he can make something happen with it. All right, do we have the betting boss here? Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing?
8: Doing good, brother. I uh, just uh, I wanted to uh, come in here today. Um, first off, shed a little light on the MMA LOTN situation. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of what happened with that.
2: Is it? i I've seen something about it where there's some sort of I, – I, I don't know a ton about it, but I – seen some rumbling somebody told me about it where there's a contest and the payments couldn't be made something to that effect
8: yeah so a pr- pretty prominent um you know uh leader here on the MMA Twitter space you know he's been running this contest for years um all of a sudden now he he can't pay out over $36,000 in total winnings um he owes people money um uh, a lot of people are affected i wouldn't be surprised if somebody in here was uh so i just wanted to shed light onto that and uh i also did have a couple fights highlighted here um so we got brad tavares uh who's he fighting again let me pull that up gregory rodriguez yeah gregory rodriguez so i really do like tavares in that spot um Another one I had highlighted was uh, Priscilla Cachoeira versus Sajari Eubanks. Um, I really like Cachoeira in that spot. Um, Her by knockout, and then uh, Damon Jackson versus Dan Ige. Uh, I really, I really like uh, Damon Jackson there, and I, I think um, those are a couple of fights that I had highlighted. Obviously, Figueroa Moreno, um, you know, their fourth fight. I know you're talking about Izzy. I think he will reclaim the title next year. Um, you know, then they're going to run that back, the trilogy with Perea. Um, but, yeah, another one, Charles Johnson, Jimmy Flick. Uh, I think Johnson's going to clip him first-round knockout. Curious to see what that line comes out at. Uh, just some fights I had highlighted in the beginning of the year. You know, none of these lines are out, so it's always interesting looking at them and hearing people's takes. So thanks for uh, thanks for your time and thanks
2: for having me today. Uh, all right, UFC betting. But yeah, all those good fights. Uh, Flick Johnson's interesting. Flick just had, Flick had so much momentum when he retired, and then he, he came back, and he's supposed to fight Jeff Molina. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a good fight. Like, Jimmy, I'm curious to see what Jimmy looks like in the layoff. I'm sure he wasn't, like, sitting on his ass the entire time. So, yeah, that's that's an intriguing one. More so on the flick side to see, like, what he looks like. And Charles Johnson's good, man. Like, he's super good. He's solid. Uh, he had some moments against uh, Muhammad Mahaev. Definitely did. Uh, he got taken down a lot. But, I mean, he didn't get finished or anything like that. Like, he t- he-, he tried. <laughs> it's just a tough fight for anybody, so. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Damon Jackson, Danny Ige is awesome. That's a that's a really fun fight. Uh, a lot of the ones you mentioned. Cachuera and Sejara, I, I would fit kind of favor Cachuara in that one as well. I think she's got a little bit more momentum. Again, Cachawara is just one of those fighters where just get her out of the first round and then she starts to cook. And I I unless Sajara could just whitewash her early. Yeah, I can see why you're you're picking Cachoeira on that one. Moreno, Figgies, I could watch those guys fight a thousand times. So no no wrong answers there.
5: Uh,
2: let's go to Khaled. Are you there? I don't hear anything. Okay. Well, I think we're done here, folks. I uh, appreciate it. Last call. Last call. I'll open it up for, for a last call here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? I feel like, uh, like one of those auctioneers. Anybody else? Anybody else? Going once. Going twice. Sold. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, this has been fun. This has been a fun year doing the show. It just came out of a whim. I think we started in March and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Hoping to do some more with this. I would love to get this more in a like a video format somehow down the road, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure all these things out. And, uh, yeah, you guys are the best. Back next week. We're either going to do the usual Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We might even do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday next week. So stay tuned for that. We will let you know what the deal is for that. But everything else back to normal. Uh, We will have your live up-to-date coverage of the Bellator MMA versus Ryzen card on MMA fighting. So we'll have the Ryzen 40 slash Bellator versus Ryzen prelim results early on. Uh, I'll be hopping on with Damon around 5 a.m. Eastern we will have you for the the main card the results a recap i think i'm going to hop on here tomorrow as well and like if you're watching it from around the globe we can watch it together if you're not watching it and you want to know what's happening i will tell you what's happening to the best of my ability so we'll do that around 5 a.m. as well i'm not going to like promote it it's just something we're just going to go boom we're just we're live here we go So if you want to wake up early and join me for that, I'll tell you what's happening, especially if you're in the U S and you can't watch it till 8 PM tomorrow night, I got you covered, but you guys are the best. What a year it has been. And if we don't hear from you until then, or next week, have a happy new year, a heck of a new year and a heck of a morning as always. Thank you very much. You're the best.